as a woman, a fat woman to be exact, I have been objectified since the time I was young. Little did I know, however, that this objectification would become my weapon against myself when I began my business. Seeing myself as a robot, a worker bee, and so on, and using the phrase, I am my business, took its toll on myself, and today I want to talk about why. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Beyond the Body podcast. My name is Terry Hofford, and I am so happy that you're here. No one is immune to body image insecurity, and it can definitely get in the way of us achieving the glorious lives we deserve. But in order to move forward and break through it, we must go beyond the body, challenging our mindsets and tapping into our creativity to realize it was never about the body to begin with. With amazing guests, topics to help you shift your beliefs about bodies, and activities that will actually help you put this work into practice, we are going to get closer to self and body acceptance. Are you ready? Let's go. As an intersectional feminist, if you had told me that I was objectifying humans, I would have told you to look again, bucko. I would never... But now that I'm out of the weeds of my business, so to speak, I can see it for what it was and I can see how I treated myself. But let's rewind a little bit. Let's go back to my diet days. Basically from the time I was five, I knew I was different and I continually objectified my body, treating it like it was a thing instead of a part of me. I tried to make it go away. I starved myself. I overexercised. Basically, I thought I knew better because that's what diet culture teaches us, that we should know better than our bodies. Those hunger pangs you're having, that's your body starving and losing weight. Get excited instead of feed your body because it needs nourishment. I thought for sure that once I was out of diet culture, that it meant I had my shit together, that I was healed, so to speak. Instead, however, I just moved it to something else. I tried to ignore my humanness when I was working. I tried to ignore my body's cry for nutrition, for water, and most importantly, for rest. I overrode my body's needs because I'm sure on some level I thought it was weak to give in. I have been objectifying myself forever, and you might be too. One of the best tools the patriarchy has used to make people do their bidding is to use objectification to always make people feel like they aren't quite human. So that when it comes time to ask them to override their body's needs due to circumstances, it's easier. It's easier to make money when you have mouths to feed instead of spending time with those same little mouths. It's easier to work extra hours when you're trying to keep a roof over your head despite not being able to use that roof for those extra hours. Objectification makes it easier to fit into the system and then it becomes easy to control us because we aren't human and aren't deserving of human rights. Now the worst part is we come to believe it and we become our own oppressor. We become the system that threatens to break us down. We override our own needs because we get productivity anxiety or we're afraid of the invisible falling behind. But this again starts from the time that we're little. I remember recognizing early on that my value would not be from my looks. 
objectification. So I would learn how to receive love and belonging through my productivity, objectification. If I didn't look good, I could make up for it by being useful. My value as a human became contingent on my ability to show up and work, serve, and provide. Imagine the impact this has when I get sick, tired, go on vacation, etc. My fear center lights up like the 4th of July because it's afraid I will be abandoned or less lovable if I take care of myself. And I know I'm not alone. I educate creatives both online and in person, and this objectification needs to fuck off. Because almost every single person I connect with has at least one story about how they overrode their body's needs in order to fulfill their ego and continue to do so because hustle culture, diet culture, or capitalism have created working conditions that require robots and plastic dolls, not humans. As someone who is fat, I definitely see myself doing anything I can to avoid being seen as lazy. I need to be a good fatty, someone who can say, yeah, I have this body, but look at what I'm capable of. I'm not like those other fat people. Ugh, how cringy. Oh, God. But on this certain level, this is the behavior we've learned in order to survive and make ourselves feel better. But we and others deserve better because even if we wanted to spend every second of our living time on earth sitting on the couch eating Cheetos and binge watching TV, that's our prerogative. It's our fucking lives and we are valuable and worthy simply because we are human. Well, if you can work, you should work is a common statement I hear from people all the time. Why? Because you're working? Why does a person have to be producing in order to be valued for existing? Babies are born and we value them, right? Those little lumps of sand aren't producing anything besides waste and exhaustion for their parents. Capitalism has done a great job of teaching us that our value as humans is dependent on our contribution to the economy. But in reality, our value as humans is our divine right. That's it. It's unconditional. But when we grow up in a society that demands hard work, no boredom, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, hustle till you die, as your payment simply existing, we adopt some identities and try to avoid others. And what happens as a result of this? Stress, burnout, weight gain, weight loss, loneliness, imposter syndrome, death. Now, let me just say, I'm not saying weight gain is bad or weight loss is bad. I am saying that your body will change because it's trying to keep you alive. All right. So the weight itself isn't the problem. All right. I find it hard to believe that we beat the odds of existing just so we could experience those things. No, I don't think so. I'd like to think that we were meant to experience things like joy and love and play and laughter and community and support and emotions and rest and splendor. And yes, those other things might happen a little bit sometimes, but there's so much more that we can be experiencing. Somewhere along the way, humanity got confused and decided we needed to be more like machines and less like humans. And look where that's gotten us. I'm hopeful that things are changing, and to be honest, we have the pandemic to thank for that. 
I know for me, it definitely pulled me out of the out of the sand, like it popped my head out of the sand so I could take a look at what was I doing? What was the point of me spending all this time to make all this money that I couldn't even enjoy, right? The thing is, we're living in an age where we actually have the machines and computers that can take a lot of work from us. And yet, we still find ourselves scrambling to fill in those extra hours of time. I know for me in the last few months, I found myself being busy, but not actually producing anything of value, simply so I can feel like I'm worthy of existing. In 2018, when my body literally started to shut down and I fell into what I call entrepreneurial depression, I realized I had sacrificed my humanness so I could be quote unquote successful. And where did that get me? Sick lonely, and coping with the immense feelings I was experiencing through shopping and eating. So the hours I was working to make money I needed was being spent to cope with the heaviness of the hours I was working. I created my own cycle. My naturopath even asked me, what are you afraid of if you were to stop being productive? This was after she told me the reason my body started shutting down was because it had been in a state of survival for at least two years and it had to make a decision about keeping me alive or keeping me hormonally balanced. And in a case like that, alive will always win. I wore busy like a badge of honor, impressing my fellow business owners with my ability to take on anything and achieve everything. Just like when I was complimented on my ability to starve myself, I became addicted to the accolades until they started to feel hollow, just like me. It wasn't until this last year in 2022 that I actually felt my humanity coming back to me. Taking a three-week road trip with my friend Aroha, who will be on the podcast later, was not, was, uh, it was not a responsible thing to do. But it was exactly what I needed. Neither of us made money the entire time and we knew it. While we had workshops at either end, it paid for the travel expenses, but aside from that, we technically weren't producing. And it was the best thing that has happened to and for me in a long time. I laughed harder than I had in years. I explored and experienced and stuck my feet into streams and sat by lakes. We ate at diners and saw our beautiful country and the only people it truly benefited were us. I took her to the Hanson concert and we met up with friends along the way. We chatted with locals and ate from bakeries and we had an amazing time of deep connection. And for once I realized I wasn't a human doing, I was a human being. So I want to encourage you to ask yourself, Am I in a state of human doing or do I feel like I am a human being? What parts of myself am I overriding due to fear of not being irrelevant or sorry, not being relevant, not being famous or valuable? How can I start to listen to your needs and boundaries, right? Asking ourselves these questions. How can I start listening to my needs and my boundaries? And I get it. Many of us do feel fulfilled when we are working, producing, and fulfilling our purpose. And that is absolutely okay. A lot of times we want to be contributing. We want to be part of our community. And that's fantastic. But what happens is it has become to the point where it is a problem because we feel like we can't stop. Right? 
It's so important for us. We it was it was just like when I was eating, uh, when I was eating in a good way, right? So I would eat a way that felt good for my body. I was moving my body; it felt good. However, it got to a point where I had to do those things, or I would feel fear or shame. At that point, I had moved into objectification, and I see this within my business as well. I can see when I first started, it felt good. I was doing something purposeful. It was exciting. But then about three years in, it became something I had to do because then I felt fear and shame if I wasn't doing the thing. And so we want to figure out how do we get back to finding this space where we can still be a human. And here's the best way that I think of it. We're going to take a deep breath for a second here. And we did this on the first episode, but I want to take a deep breath, but we're not going to exhale. Okay. You're just going to take a deep breath in. All right. Now, depending on your lung capacity, you could probably hold that longer. So please exhale. But here's the thing. We need to be able to rest just as much as we need to be busy. We need to play just as much as we're working. It needs to be a give and take. Imagine it like breathing. You can't just breathe in and not exhale. Just like you can't exhale and not breathe in. You need a give and take, an ebb and a flow. We need our slow family relationshipy connection time so that we can come back and work. We need the working time so that we can enjoy being with our families. These things have to exist in harmony. All right, so we are going to take one more deep breath and this time we are going to exhale. So we're going to do it for a count of four in, hold for four, and then exhale for four. Are you ready? All right, let's go. So and exhale. Beautiful. Feel free to repeat if you need one more. And now I want us to end with this. I want you to repeat with me. I am valuable just as I am. I am valuable just as I am. Being productive doesn't make me more or less valuable. Okay. I am valuable just as I am. Beautiful. All right, my friends, I will see you in the next episode. Bye.